Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk codes. Now, sending encrypted messages has been a thing for a long time. And believe it or not, it's actually really turned the tides in a lot of wars of whether you can remain secure or not remain secure. Um, I worry, you know, I mean, as hard as digital stuff your average guy, and by average guy, I mean 99% of us, you're not going to be able to send some kind of digital encrypted thing that the NSA isn't going to be like, oh, this is some hard <laughs> shit here. What are we going to do? You Never know? seen this before. Yeah, we haven't seen that. I mean, there's a billion different encrypted things. There's, uh, you know, um, a bunch of, you can buy like the secure cell phones. Mm-hmm. and different things and, and whatever. So I'm not really going to focus that heavy on that because, you know, do your research, find what you can find. But I actually think there's some simpler methods that might make it pretty tricky. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of things through history that, like, people like George Washington, um, different things, you know, have done that really might play out if we had an EMP and stuff like that mm-hmm. and you're sending, you know, hand-delivered letters or whatever, or even we don't have an EMP and you're sending emails and you don't want somebody to figure it out. Um, in the past, I mentioned that uh, people thought they were really clever. They would uh, have two people have the same email account and, like, you would write a... Uh, a draft. Right. And rather than send it because it's not transmitted, 
you know, they were able to, you know, kind of pass messages back and forth. Right. You well, could it turns be on the out, other side of the planet and just access the email and read the draft. Even on a simple level, Gmail, if you have a Gmail account, Google's reading your drafts. You don't even have to worry about sending Really? So they already got your shit covered. So my guess is that the NSA or people who figure out shit like this, they got that one worked out. Mm-hmm. You you know what it was? I probably mentioned it here, and then they were they like, "They got wind." You know yep. what? Fuck! That's what those guys were doing. Mm-hmm. So you know, but I mean, you know, I actually I mentioned you know that it's actually turned the tides of wars. Right. Um, World War Two, Germans and the Enigma machine. The Enigma machine. Now, this thing. They were able to keep things secret until they had that submarine mm-hmm. that got captured. And then we kind of got our own Enigma machine. Right. Then, you know, not so good, whatever. Well, you know, the problem with with the Enigma machine is there are something like 100 million variations where you could set it up. There were three dials. Each dial had 26 variations. Mm-hmm. And then each letter could be connected to be replaced with another letter. So you type an A and it follows, uh, it goes to a P. Right. And then it goes through the uh, variations of of the 26 times 3. So you have it set to a certain point. And it has to be reset every day or, you know, or your Enigma machine doesn't work because everybody else is on a different thing. So if you have the Enigma machine, you still have to get that day's code. So once they captured the Enigma machine, they were able to figure out how it works, but then they still had to get day-to-day carriers. Uh, you know, basically a, a piece of paper would be written out and sent to individual uh, companies, the soldiers. So they had to capture somebody, and then they could read that day's messages. Nice. So now, turns out, as smart as I am, I've cracked the Enigma code. Oh, yeah? And you're like, well, Chuck, how is this possible? Turns out there's an app. Oh, really? You go in the Apple store, Mm -hmm. you can download the Enigma machine app, and you can type in something straight out of the Enigma machine. Nice. And it'll spit it right out for you. Mm -hmm. Now, they actually uh, made like three different variations of this, or maybe even more. As time went on, because as things were getting figured out, they kept kind of updating it and mm-hmm. whatever. But the problem is, if you transmit your updates, then you you know it it doesn't end as well as you think it might. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing, you know, codes. We had our own uh, little experience in World War Two with uh, those uh, Navajo code talkers. Yeah, overlooked a lot. Yep, but um. Mm-hmm. They uh they just used their native language. And, Turns out uh, all they had to do was talk. Yeah, all they had to do was talk, and that was one of the few codes the Japanese were never able to uh, to crack. That's pretty amazing uh, thing there that you your know. language would be so unique that right, it's not even decipherable. I wonder, you know, how like uh, what is it, paleontologists or whoever throughout the mm-hmm. years people who look at, you know, history and like that, how they justify that, you know, because all the languages seem to, you know, they all come out of Latin of some way or Mm -hmm. different things and they have ties. 
for a language and a whole you know group of people to just be totally isolated and yeah yeah unique. I think, that's pretty uh, amazing I think they estimate that language popped up separately in three different places so there are three three origins three groups yeah three groups of languages that are unique from one another like the Chinese for example they don't they don't use words like the and a they just have the the verbs and the nouns but you go so to Germany saying that and they, Canada doesn't come from the Chinese language. What's that? So Canada doesn't come from the Chinese language? No. With their no. Okay. <laughs> With their A. Alright. Maybe that one fell flat a little but, bit. Uh, you know, you go to Germany and they have three different words for the. Okay. You know? So I mean it's uh it's interesting, but the uh the Navajo natives uh they obviously didn't have words for things like tanks and planes and things like that in their language. So they used different words, like bird and turtle for a tank. Because mm, so, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So then they would just, uh, you know, just have a, an understanding of what these specific words meant. Right. Not bad. Now, let's talk real quick about uh, what they call one-time codes. All right. A one-time code is a prearranged word or phrase that is used to convey a simple message, such as to abort or execute an attack. Um, they're basically unbreakable unless you know the prearranged code word. Um, like that's one where if they got to pull your two, toenails out? That's right. Right, okay. One if by land, two if by sea, the, the Paul Henry one. Uh Paul Revere one. Paul Revere. So you're not gonna you're not gonna notice the two lamps on the you know on the bell tower and be like oh they know we're coming they know their ships are coming up you know um, the Japanese used climb, uh, climb Mount Nitaka and that was the uh, code word for the attack on Pearl Harbor to commence the attack. Nice. Um, then in uh, Spain the uh, uh, to begin the nationalist military revolt in Spain, uh, the code word that went out over the radio was "Over all of Spain, the sky is clear." And it's just uh, like an, you know some examples of of how uh, one-time codes have been used in history, but it's quite it happened quite a bit. Another thing that that falls under that one-time code use would be if um, if I were to to say send tech, Chuck a text message with uh, just things that he would understand you know by being very vague you know communication between me and him that he and I would understand what it meant but it would be basically meaningless to somebody on the outside alright so then my favorite the idiot code tell me about the idiot code now, this sounds like something I can get behind yeah this is something I feel like I could do uh, basically, the idiot code is is similar to the one-time code mm -hmm. in the sense that you're developing a basically like a secret language, like um, like uh, when you see baseball players and uh, you know they're they're you know touching their brim of their hat and they're doing grabbing their crotch, grabbing their crotch sniffing, and, and, yep. and yeah, all those things mean something, like so their what, balls edge, right, right. So what basically uh, I would send uh, a text message to Chuck. 
and the first sentence of the word started with with an A or a C and or the fifth letter or whatever. But you would have it prearranged that that C meant, you know, plan A, go with plan A. You know, if it was uh, the letter D, it would be go with, you know, plan B. So you would have it, you know, prearranged in a sense that that uh, you knew what I was talking about, but nobody else would. And you would they wouldn't even necessarily know to look, you know, look for uh, for a code in there. Right. So that would typically be like a cipher. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, you know, the way I would interpret that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that, like the, the British and American spies used to do a lot of that type of stuff. Benedict Arnold, mm-hmm. that was one of his things that his letters, you know, he had a specific cipher when like a letter or symbol were used in place of the real word, which is what you're saying. Right. You know, like A or, you know, whatever, meaning, you know, the opposite. Mm-hmm. In order to decode it, obviously, the recipient would have to have the list like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And be able to get into it. So, a lot of them, uh, a lot of the codes that I've seen, you see them a lot in uh, in uh, movies and things, where they have a page with uh, little squares uh, cut out of the the page that lays over a letter. Yes, and then just uh, isolates the individual letters that you're gonna be you're gonna be reading, or you know, to to make a code out of a letter or a yes. page in a book or something like that. They call it a mask letter. There you go. Um, they had a, one of the earlier examples that, that I've seen. Um, August 10th, 1777. Henry Clinton to John Burgoyne. The British used to type a secret writing that appears to have been unknown to the Americans. Mm-hmm. Sir Henry Clinton composed letters that were meant to be read through a mask or grill but basically it was like a uh, template, you know? And so like the one I think that they talk about in this letter, when I was reading the article, they took a, uh, like it looked like a vase mm-hmm. and it was cut out of a piece of paper or a cardboard template, whatever. And you would lay it on top of the letter. Mm-hmm. And so it would cut out all the outer edges and you would just read the words that fit into the template. Mm-hmm. And that's like that mask you're talking about. And the idea is you want it to make sense without the template mm-hmm. and then make sense with. Right. And you got to be able to, right. you know. You can't just have a page that. of gibberish. If somebody finds it, they'll it, know something's up. They'll know something's up and they'll be able to kind of piece it together. Mm-hmm. So, you know, different ideas, different things you guys can think about. Because um, honestly, communication, you know, that's one of the key ways in being able, you know, to win a war, win a fight against somebody, mm-hmm. is being able to communicate. Yeah, Thomas Jefferson uh, built a uh, secure method to encode uh, messages. Um, he used the wheel cipher. Now, if you go online, you can you can find pictures of this. But basically, it was a uh, an axle or a rod that different wheels would be on, and each the, all around the wheel would be different letters. And if you had the right uh, the right key to the to the cipher, you right. could align the wheels in a in a certain way so that it you know would deliver a message. Right, and that like if you guys saw the Da Vinci Code or whatever, I think it looked like one of those ciphers. You know, they yeah. sell the little mm-hmm. you know lockbox where you line it all up. It's that kind of thing. Right. Um. 
same thing, another back to George Washington. They, believe it or not, were big on Invisible Ink. Yes, yes. Invisible Ink was a thing. And they actually used to mark the letters would have an F or an A up on the top. And if it had an F, you knew that you would kind of hold it by fire and the heat would mm-hmm. activate the Invisible Ink. Or A for acid, which, you know, if you saw that movie, was it Treasure Hunters? Or what was the one with uh, Nicolas Cage? Oh, National Treasure. National Treasure. Mm-hmm. And he breaks out the lime juice on the back of the, you know, on or whatever, lemon. How dare you? How dare with John Voight? That's, yeah, that's just going to destroy that paper. And uh, But that's the kind of thing, you know. He's like, oh, let me get, I got some lemon in my cocktail. and. Mm-hmm. Squeeze it on there and you're good to go, yeah, right? How dare you? Shame. Shame. Um, but these different things, uh, they talk about the ones with the with the books mm-hmm. where two people would have the same book and they'd use like a Bible or whatever. But the thing is, you have to have two copies that are the same edition. Right. So, you know, a Bible that you have, page 237 might be different than a Bible that I have. Right. Page two hundred thirty-seven, and at that time, uh, you know, printed, printed things. yeah, printed, uh, printed uh, books like that were very expensive. So, so you had to, and they basically had to come from the same press, right? So that's something to think about. But now, you know, there's a million books, and everybody's got, mm-hmm. you know, obviously your copy of Atlas Shrugged, right? Well, may it probably would match yours. I think they're they're probably. Right. They're probably the same ones, actually. But that's, you know, whatever. You'd have something like that. Mm-hmm. and But you could do, they had different things, like some guys would do with words. Uh-huh. Um, so they would actually be like fifth line, second word, and that would be one word. You know, but you'd have to know, I'll start at page 200 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then page whatever... And, you know, they'd go through, and if people didn't have the right book, they couldn't match it up. But believe it or not, being able to communicate securely, um, and maybe you trust that your guy who's going to go 100 miles to whatever isn't going to get captured or whatever mm-hmm. and ruin all your plans. And you know, that's, that. how, uh, that's how Hannibal was defeated Tell by me. the Romans. He actually read, wrote out his entire battle plan. And had three couriers take it to his brother. And all three of them were captured. And there was no code, no nothing. He should have had the guys memorize the battle plan and then and take it fake to the ones. grave. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. But nope. No. That's why he's a, right. he was the loser in history. So, I mean, you know, obviously this isn't some big, great insight that we're giving you. But what, what I'm looking at is I want you guys to think about it. And kind of understand this kind of stuff can make a real difference mm-hmm. in, you know, OPSEC, you know, in, right. in keeping your preps and your everything secure, keeping your battle plans, your coordinations. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know what world this applies in, but I know that a lot of people who've gone to battle, this is what makes the difference. Right. And, right. and you know, even just some basic, uh, basic code words. On uh, your day to day life with your family makes sense. You know, if um, if uh, you send somebody to pick up your kid because you can't make it, you know, they say to have a code word, you know, um, if you're making a phone call uh, and you're under duress. Yes. You know, 
I like to use man dance. Man dance. Man dance. Because <laughs> you're able to work that in right. almost any that conversation. That any conversation. That isn't, it isn't uh, unusual at all no. when I'm talking on the no. phone to, to shout that out <laughs> out of nowhere. Or that's actually that is actually the code word I've I've used on airplanes when I've seen somebody suspicious. Yeah. I go to the person next to me. When I yell "man dance," it's go time. <laughs> oh no! No, the uh, the under duress one. No. That's that's white man dingo. White man yeah. dingo. That's the one I use on the phone if I'm if I'm being forced to make a phone call. All right, you know that makes Just a lot of in. things Just more clear. You know, you know. So. Uh, what else do you got on that? That's that's about what I wanted to talk about as far as codes. Okay. Now another thing that uh, another um, thing that's come up in the in the news a little bit lately was another code word um, when they're talking about uh, PizzaGate. Oh, are we back to PizzaGate? We're back to PizzaGate now. All right. So uh, you know there was like pepperonis were supposed to mean this and pizza was supposed to mean that. It just turns out it was just pizza. They're just talking about pepperoni. Oh. But. There's a but. One of the Pizzagate guys has escaped. They went out to New Mexico. And they got a job as a janitor. Mm-hmm. At mm-hmm. a solar observatory. A <laughs> solar observatory? <laughs> That's right. The uh, FBI raided a solar observatory in New Mexico. Okay. Southern New Mexico. And, um. Now, they just shut this place down. Right. Everybody out. Blackhawk helicopters. What Black... were they looking at at the solar observatory? Now, there were actually that... footage on the internet of Blackhawk helicopters mm-hmm. circling the solar observatory. That's right. So so they, they cordoned everything off, and I saw all sorts of great conspiracy theories. They evacuated a post office right uh-huh. next door. Right. Homes on top of the mountain, they were like, no, you can't stay here. You gots to go. Gotta go. They sent people out. Um, Taped everything off. FBI, people rappelling down out of helicopters, God knows what. Mm-hmm. Swarm, swarm. Everybody in the building's got to leave right, right what now. What did they see Danger. in that solar observatory that drew the FBI to lock it down? Now, Is it aliens? It might be. I don't know. It might be. Alien well, invasion is beginning. No, it, there was an article in the news today. Something else happened. It turns out that it wasn't aliens at all. No? It wasn't aliens. It wasn't um, the big gaping hole in the sun and the sun's going to tear itself apart and we're okay. all going to die. All right. All this stuff that you might have been suspecting. It turns out this janitor solar, you mentioned. Solar mass ejections? No. No, no coronal mass ejection. Okay. Turns out this janitor was on you porn. Okay. And looking at child porn. I don't know if there's child porn on you. I yeah, I, I think I, I think that. that's a separate website that's altogether. That's a different website. That's you child porn. You child porn. <laughs> <laughs> www. Oh no. So and so, so what you're telling say- me, yeah. <laughs> so you're saying pedophile aliens. Yes. Are coming from Pizzagate. Yes. Sent by Hillary Clinton. Yes. Because I, I look young. This is like terrifying me. Well, you know? they're looking for the young I'm guys. I'm 38, but I look like I'm 15. <laughs> but I don't understand. So you're telling me helicopters, FBI, shut the place down for 10 days. Mm-hmm. And because you think a guy's looking important. And then they made no arrests. Right. 
Right. So what does that mean? I mean, if you're this sounds suspiciously like a cover up. They're trying to cover up pedophile aliens. It does sound like there's a cover up. So I'm a little concerned about it. Maybe you guys can send us some kind of coded message Mm -hmm. and let us know if you have more insight of what's going on. Yeah. 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 I also heard that the janitor said that there's a serial killer on the loose. So if you're in southern Mexico and your laptop gets stolen, it was a serial killer, according to the janitor. All right. So just keep your eyes open. Either serial killers or pedophile aliens, but they're out there. All right. I want to believe. I don't know why you wouldn't, Kevin. That's what I can tell you. So we did get a new tack pack in the mail this month. All right. Some kind of cool uh, misfits looking shirt. Mm-hmm. Somehow they appropriated the fiend skull. Right. And uh, it says tack pack on there. Has some little parachute logo they got going. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. Um, I think they sent you one and me one, but they were both my size. Yeah. Yep. You get both of them. I worked that out. You mm-hmm. see? See what I did there? Yep. Some kind of knife sharpener. That I'm really impressed with. I'm going to have to break I that out. I to say, and, it and looked like it had a ceramic edge, had the diamond edge, mm-hmm. had, you know, rough and smooth. You had a, you know, see, so go to fine. A lot of good things going on there. They also had a, a muzzle brake, looked a little bit tough. Mm-hmm. I think it was from 556 Tactical. Um, a lot of good stuff in there, some more gun cleaning stuff. But I'm just saying, you guys might want to subscribe. And how much is the tack pack? I think it's forty nine ninety five a month. Okay. And each month you get another box of mystery badass shit, usually totaling about a hundred, hundred fifty dollars each month, mm-hmm. which is you know bang for your buck. That's right. And if you're into guns and tactical shit, well, I would say if you're into AR fifteens, this is the right thing for right. you. Right. Um, they haven't sent me everything to build a new AR fifteen. Pretty damn close now. But after I've gotten everything, I was compelled to buy the extra parts and -hmm. and make an extra one just in case. Right. You know? So I also know that if you use the code BADASS, they will uh, send you a gun cleaning mat. little extra stuff there. Bonus. Right. Um, Let's them know that you listen to this podcast and, you know, they're uh, sending us luxury gifts. It's always a good idea. It encourages that. Uh Uh-huh. And I can get behind that if you can. Um, otherwise, you know, you guys might want to uh, head over to iTunes, leave a uh, review, talk about how you like this podcast, because uh, that helps spread the word. You might want to join us on Facebook, uh, Survival Prepping, or no, Facebook.com slant Prepping Badass. Right. That'd be the That's one. It. And you can also search our uh Facebook group, uh, Prepping Badass. Email us if you have questions or concerns. Or maybe maybe you signed up, you gave us some money on Patreon, and you're like, but dude, Chuck, you haven't sent me my freaking patch yet. Shoot us an email at preppingbadass at gmail.com. Now, if you're in we'll Canada... Get to it. If you're in Canada, If you're what? in Canada, you may or may not get the patch uh, because we have no understanding of how your zip codes work. It's some sort of there secret. Are letters? There's, yeah, there's like hashtags in there and stuff. I don't letters, know what's going on. Letters, numbers. 
You will get a patch uh, eventually. Hand signals. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I put a couple of emojis <laughs> on there. It's something crazy going on is what I can tell you. Mm-hmm. But with that, stay safe, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Survival and Basic Badass Podcast is a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Mm-hmm.